Welcome to Peak Mind. I'm your host, Michael Trainer, and I am just back from an epic week on the Snake River in Idaho, surrounded by Hell's Canyon. I rafted through a five-day journey uh, deep, deep, deep into untouched nature. There were days where we didn't see a single soul outside of our group, less the wild animals that came to join us on the journey. I got to see uh, multiple uh, black bears, um, golden eagle, a couple of bald eagles, a snake, and, and also just be in the rhythm of the waters, right? The, the currents of the streams and the metaphors and the lessons that they afford. Dipping in and out of the cold, moving through the rapids. Sometimes you're in heavy waters and, you know, it can be quite frightening. Sometimes you're able to just chill and relax and enjoy the ride. And I think that 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 journey is very much symbolic for the journey that we go through in the course of this life. And... It was a really, really profound amount of teaching that that came to me during the course of this trip. And one of the things that was most striking was some of my most profound insights actually came on the way out of the river. So we were driving in a van and a car, which I've never seen before, exploded in front of us and was in a total inferno. And I was in this car with a beautiful dog named Brock, who, of course, couldn't see what was going on and got really, really scared because uh, there were a couple of explosions, obviously, which dogs can hear uh, even better than humans. And, of course, unlike us, which we take for granted our vantage point who could get out and see what was going on, Brock couldn't. And so Brock got so nervous that he... Um, shit on all the bags. Now, most people freaked out. But what was interesting for me is I, I, I really went into the lesson of it. And the lesson of it for me was what are the ways in which, you know, we're all a bit fearful uh, and or wherein someone's fear has led them to shit on someone else and that that's gotten passed on to us. And without the context of knowing, you know, what they were going through, you just see and feel the shit of it. But when you can apply compassion and a lens of understanding and recognize, oh, wow, I could totally empathize with why, you know, this little creature was so scared, it makes the action uh, powerless. I mean, you, you just have compassion. And... For some reason, that experience really landed with me in a very, very powerful way because I think many of us encounter others on our journey or we ourselves go through periods of of real fear and trepidation. And if we don't honestly confront that, it can lead to us 
pushing shit out in the world and 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 that getting on lots of others and then a downstream effect i i mean this obviously mostly metaphorically but 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 in essence we are either healing or we're passing on trauma and it's my commitment although i'm far from perfect to to be on the side of the healing and to to really work towards being compassionate and towards seeing the perspectives of others such that they feel appreciated and loved for who they are now that doesn't mean that i don't set boundaries that i'm just a you know pushover you know uber soft etc what it does mean is that I think we can all strive to be discerning, but in that discernment, practice the rigor of true contemplation around where is someone coming from? Can I be compassionate for their come from? What are the ways in which perhaps I don't fully understand what's going on? I remember hearing a story, I think it was a Stephen Covey story, wherein a man was watching this little boy just have a meltdown on the on the train an absolute meltdown and the parent wasn't doing anything about it and that person was just steaming in the in the in the upset around this parent just letting this kid have an absolute tantrum and run wild and finally they said something because it was it was disturbing everyone and the father just humbly said, I'm sorry. Uh, it was something to the effect of, I'm sorry, his mother just passed. You know, So we never, we never know the journey that people are on. And, and if we did, we'd likely have a tremendous amount of compassion. And, and by the way, that applies to you as well. So many people who may be throwing spears your way or who have uh, hurt you, didn't really fully understand the full spectrum of your experience. And they they throw those spears based on their own story and experience, the mirror that you represent, which may be a total misrepresentation of who you truly are. And, you know, and they're operating out of their limited perspective. And so what I realized over the course of this journey is... There are so many instances in which, you know, I am in a canyon with limited perspective and I'm only seeing the world in a certain way. You know, I'm only seeing the rapids ahead of me. I don't recognize that beyond this canyon, there's a vast expanse or beyond this rapid, there's a vast uh, flat uh, period of water. You know, so I think we oftentimes get stuck in what we see before us without seeing the full spectrum of what's around us and and therefore oftentimes create a narrative that is highly limiting based on our limited perspective. And so one of the big uh, learnings for me over the course of this trip was really around this notion of how can I look at things from different perspectives? How can I see with a more expansive, a more panoramic view? 
And how can I come back to a place of center? Because oftentimes, if our if our nervous system is dysregulated, we also see things through a lens conditioned by our emotional reactivity. And what I found during the course of the river was two days in, I was back to my center. And I hadn't realized that for the past week, I had been off center after doing three weeks of incredibly deep work. And so I think the other piece is to recognize from where we are seeing. In other words, what is our center point? And is it a place of deep rest or is it a place of agitation? Have we not, have we not gotten a lot of sleep? Are we extremely stressed, etc.? Brene Brown, I saw the other day, said something I thought was really powerful. And that is that in relationship, her and her husband have a rule. They come into the house and they each declare where they are at. Um, you know, she might say, I'm at a 20, and he may say, I'm at a 80. Okay, in that case, great. He's carrying the extra weight. Or she might come in and say, I'm at a 60, and he's at a 40, in which case she's carrying the extra weight. And she said, when they come in and she says, I'm at a firm 15, and he says, I'm at a 20, that's when they need to sit down and make sure that they don't pick at each other. Because when they're not at a 100, they need to have ground rules to figure out how to build that bridge between themselves. And so I've really been looking at lately wherein I feel a sense of dis-ease or discomfort or stress, wherein there's toxicity, toxic people, areas where I get to send both firmer boundaries, but also deploy greater compassion and operate from a place of center. This is what the waters taught me because what I realized in the course of this rafting trip is that, you know, Bruce Lee talks about this, but water is soft enough to take any form and it can absorb anything, right? Like you can, you can, you know, uh, put a swift blow to water and it will just absorb that blow. You know, the, the rapids, it can move around the, the toughest of granite. But it's also so strong in its softness that it can decay and degrade anything on earth, including the hardest of granites. And so uh, my message to you guys today is to really think about that notion of perspective and how can you change the way in which you see things and change your form, you know. Sometimes we're rigid, sometimes we're fluid, you know, and be like water and move in a way that that you you move around the rocks, you move around the corners with compassion and with grace, and you keep flowing. You don't get stuck, you don't get stagnant, because I think dis-ease is a place of stagnation. And so these are just some of the reflections uh, from this trip that are coming to me that I wanted to share with you guys I also want to encourage you, if you're listening, to take a deep nature immersion. And, and I've done this a bunch. It does not have to be uh, a produced event like, like I just did. It can absolutely be self-created. I've done um, vision fasts by myself, for example, on the Lost Coast where I backpacked in to the one section of the California coast that's so rugged that you have to uh, backpack in. And there I sat in my tent with, with water and just the, the tiniest amount of food. And I listened to the waves night and day for a week. And I would go bathe in the waterfall. And I, I saw less than a handful of people in an entire week. And my friends, when you get in those places, 
you just tune into a different frequency. You start seeing things in a different way. You truly tap into your own center, and it's a profound, profound gift. So I hope you guys give yourself that gift, whether it's you know a state park close to you or a national park or uh, BLM land or wherever you're listening, You know, a wild place that you can find yourself in. Take some time and go and listen. And see what lessons find their way to you. Because I find that we find our triggers, we find our lessons when we are paying attention. And if we are paying attention and doing so with grace and with with an eye towards insight, we can learn a tremendous amount. So with that, I just want to thank you guys for listening. I'm so grateful for you. I hope you're having a beautiful day. Sending you so much love and talk to you soon.